Hey, you're here with Brittany Elliott. I am the creator of Back to You in Five, and I help mothers reconnect with themselves through self-care. Back to You in Five offers simple, effective resources to mothers as they embark on their self-care journey, provides women with encouragement and support as they adjust to their roles as mothers and create the life they see for themselves, and helps mothers manage the overwhelm, frustration, irritability, exhaustion, identity crisis, and resentment that is experienced along the motherhood journey. Back to You in Five is built around five wellness points, social wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, and intellectual wellness. They all work together to keep us balanced in our roles as mothers. Motherhood is easy to get lost in. Through this podcast, I share the challenges I've overcome along my motherhood journey, the challenges I'm working through, and the challenges other women have shared with me. In each episode, I hope you find a healthy mix of inspiration, motivation, and accountability as you continue navigating your motherhood journey. This is what self-care looks like. Let's get into it. Hello there and welcome back to What Self-Care Looks Like. This is Brittany Elliott and this week our guest is Tamara Houston. Tamara is an experienced clinical social worker with over 15 years of service. She founded Renewal Life Counseling LLC, which serves clients in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Florida. Tamara is committed to assisting clients to overcome relational trauma, grief and loss, and anxiety. Tamara has co-authored a leadership anthology and created a resource brand that provides education, virtual services, and printed materials to aid those working through their grief journey. Tamara has a wealth of experience facilitating wellness events, clinical training, and critical incident debriefings. She also offers clinical supervision, EMDR consultation, and mentorship to help practitioners enhance their clinical skills. Tamara is deeply passionate about her chosen career path, but her love for her family surpasses everything else. She is a loving wife and a mother of three children, aged between 9 and 24 years old. She has experienced the ups and downs of raising children as a single mother and as a married one. Tamara finds her greatest joy in spending time with her family, traveling, cooking, and working out. Let's welcome Tamara. Everyone, welcome back to What Self-Care Looks Like. This is Brittany Elliott, and we are joined today by Tamara Houston. Tamara, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So happy to be on. Of course. So I want to jump right into it for our listeners. So tell us a little bit about your journey into motherhood. Oh, okay. Well, that goes back 24 years ago. (laughs) So um, a lot of people don't think I have a 24-year-old, but I do. Um, So I uh, got pregnant my senior year in high school. And uh, that was just a whole interesting thing there. I was involved in a lot of stuff, cheering, doing the whole nine. And so actually my finding out about my pregnancy kind of actually came later. Um, So we won't get into the biology of that, but if you can only imagine, put two and two together. But either way, so it was later, kind of maybe at the end of my uh, first trimester, maybe going into my second trimester. So I was cheering and doing all the things, getting ready for college. 
all that good stuff and yeah found out I was pregnant and so things just changed the whole kind of trajectory I think of of my life really uh, because I had been planning for college and where I wanted to go since the 10th grade and so it wasn't that I couldn't go to those same schools I just didn't know what my support was going to look like so I had to change things up so I ended up having my son um, let's see I had him two days before my 18th birthday and four days before I graduated from high school so that was an interesting kind of process leading up to that because I ended up spending half of my senior year doing homeschool. And uh, it wasn't bad actually doing the homeschool part because I was ahead, I'm a nerd, I, I, I own that. And so I was ahead in, in school and stuff. And so I was just kind of taking, you know, credits or whatever. Um, so that, that wasn't so bad, but it certainly changed just what my support looked like at the time. And um, again, just trying to figure out what I was gonna do for college. Thankfully, I did get accepted to a college in Kentucky, um, which actually had a um, commitment, and I believe they still do, to non-traditional students. So um, my being a single parent qualified me as a non-traditional student. So I was able to, to go there. Um, that was a journey because I have always lived in South Carolina, so just kind of moving out of state and not just by myself, but with a little person. So um, yeah, that, that started, started the journey. That and going off to school, I think Tyson was three months old. And um, I still just remember this journey driving to Kentucky at night <laughs> with the three month old in a U-Haul by myself. Very interesting. I think I had $42. <laughs> I remember that I had $42. Um, I had money for, you know, to fill up the U-Haul and stuff because I, I knew I had to, to do that when I, when I got there with the furniture that I had. But I had $42 to my name when I moved there. Um, so went to college. Uh, he was three months old and that was just the, the, the start of the whole shebang. He was, with me, raised on the college scene, college campus, grad school, whole nine. Yeah. <laughs> so that was him. So 24-year-old, and now um, I was single, of course, at the time. And so um, I was in a relationship, but that fizzled along the way. Um, I ended up getting married shortly after graduate school. And um, I have two daughters now. So I have a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. So. I started over three times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my, my babies and what made me the mother that I am. So, yeah. Yeah. And that that is a lot just in you started over several times in your motherhood journey, but then becoming a mother so young and then taking on that responsibility of this in my situation, I'm still going to go through with what my plans are, right. go to college and get all that sorted out. So along the way, what challenges have you had to overcome at those different stages? Cause you were kind of like a new mom at so many different ages of your life. So what challenges have you had to overcome? Absolutely. 
Um, each child is different. Uh, each child is different. I often say, like, my I feel like with my last child, I gave birth to my first child all over again because they do a lot of the same things behaviorally. But still, one is a boy, one is a girl, so a lot of differences there. But um, just starting out with uh, my first child, I just, I, I really didn't know anything. And so, you know, in older, older age now, I think back, you know, and you remember saying when you were younger, oh, I'll never say that to my child or, you know, just thinking our parents didn't know anything. And now I find myself thinking and saying some of those same things. And I was like, oh, my, I wish I had listened more and didn't think I knew everything. But back then, I thought I knew everything. Um, and so the challenge there was the multiple challenges, really. Again, moving away from my support system. I grew up in a small town, um, primarily raised by my grandmother, who was fierce in so many senses. Um, I get a lot of my, my strength from her, certainly, but um, she she expected a lot out of me. So like school and um, just anything I was doing, extracurricular work, like the expectations were really high. So just kind of dealing with, okay, now I'm technically like I'm a teen parent. That was, you know, she never said to me, that she was disappointed, but I felt <laughs> a sense of like just great disappointment because, um, and, and I think now that was really a motivate, motivating factor for me in that um, we, you know, have these um, life situations that happen and it's almost like everything has to stop, like your plan has to, has to stop. But one of the things that I got from her is that like there are no excuses there's there's nothing that is impossible and so I knew that I didn't want to have this child even though I didn't know a lot have this child and treat him as though he was the reason why I couldn't accomplish certain things like that just never even crossed my mind but it was the just the support like I moved hours away five hours away um, from home and so just going from small town to an even smaller town <laughs> so the college is like really itself is really small but the town is, is super small so an even smaller town in the mountains um, and just the change in in that support I uh, was majoring in child development so it's like child and family studies with the um, minor, I guess, or focus in child development. And my advisor at the time, I remember um, my son, like terrible twos and threes, it was like terrible, terrible two, three, and four is what I experienced. And so I remember my advisor, who at that time was also over like our child development lab, having a conversation with her and she making a remark about, um, well, if you really believe in what you're being taught, in child development, then you'll leave school and just raise your child. And then you can always go come back to school later. Not, you know, necessarily there, but I could always go back to school later. And I just remember sitting there thinking, now make this make sense. Like, and I probably didn't say it like that, but now I'm like, make, please make that make sense. Like, here I am, a statistic in so many ways. Here he is, a statistic in so many ways, and you're telling me to add on to that. You know, and that just didn't make sense. So, like, even within that program, what um, 
should have been, I think, more support for my advisor having that issue. And then I remember in sociology class, the professor kind of making remarks about single parents and stuff like that. And he didn't know, you know, there was like two or three single parents in the class. But still, there was clearly a stigma um, of maybe what we brought to the campus and what we were doing and all that stuff. So that was that was huge. Um, and then there's that factor of I'm 18 years old. So technically, I'm still a child raising a child. So there was a lot of um, a lot of room for growth for me. Certainly at that time, I would not have acknowledged that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just felt like I was I was doing the best I could with what I had, and I still feel that way. But I know now, um, being 42 and thinking back to 18, it's like yeah, I had a lot of a lot of growing to do. That was a huge um, huge challenge, and still like being being going to college not having a full college experience like I didn't stay on campus I didn't eat in the cafeteria with everybody like I had an apartment I was 18 years old and I had an apartment I was playing bills <laughs> like I had rent utilities stuff like that um and so in addition to taking care of the child so it was just all, all of that like it was one day I was a child and then boom here's adult just like threw in your lap and you just got to maneuver through all of that so that was that was interesting, and I think that was even confounded more when I went to grad school, because even though I moved closer to home, there was even more responsibility on me, um, just in terms of the caseload that I was in school. Like in grad school, there's no such thing as like you make a C, you make an A or a B, and in my program, a B was even frowned upon. Like one of my professors reported me to my advisor because I made a B and I was carrying like an 18 credit caseload, which they tried to talk me out of doing, you know, and I was like, no. And I'm like, geez, I got five A's and one B and she reported me for that. And I'm like, yo, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all the things like I would work. I had a job which was right around the corner from my apartment. So that was a good thing. But I was a um, like a lab tech and a courier so for the um for the lab and so on the weekends i would drive my son back to south carolina um, and even before that i had another job where i would, was supporting individuals living with disabilities and so i had to physically like really do everything for them so that whole time i would drive to south carolina on a friday i would come back and work a shift at one job. Saturday, Sunday, work the other job. Sunday night, I would drive back to South Carolina, pick him up, and then go back home, get ready for the next day, and do that all over again. And that was like my life, you know, for two years, um, really. Um, I ended up letting one job go, so it let, you know, gave me a little bit of freedom in my schedule. But there was not, I had to make family, which was different from when I was in college because there were other people that were in a similar situation as I. But in grad school, I didn't have that type of support. So that was a little different trying to um, navigate. Um, I think with the with my two girls, again, there's 10 years between my son and my 14-year-old. So it was that. It was, <laughs> you know, what, what am I doing? My body was different. My energy level was different. Um, and even five years later, having a third child. Um, I remember having her in the 
the OB said something about a, um, what do they call it, like a geriatric pregnancy or some, some term that they use. And I was like, what, wait, <laughs> like I'm still in my 30s, but you know, it just never, none of that really dawned on me until I was in it, right? Until I was pregnant, having the child or whatever that like, yeah, things, things are a lot different. And so just kind of dealing with energy level um, and through the course of that, of course, I got, I was married, so I got married. Um, I think Tyson was maybe about six years old. And um, so just trying to figure out what that looked like, right? Because here I'm getting married to someone who doesn't have children. Um, and I have a child, been parenting for six years, and just trying to integrate our parenting style, like my husband developing his parenting style and me trying to, you know, kind of figure out what, what that role is going to, to look like. Um, and so when I had my, my middle daughter, it was just interesting because I was so used to, and my son also was so used to it just being he and I, you know, like he got all the attention, he got all the things, right? And so there was that kind of challenge of like, how do I, do I balance attention, making sure that each child is getting what they need, right? And especially him at, a, at an older age, like he was 10, but still he was, he was like entrenched in that mindset of, oh, it's, it's about me. <laughs> it's all about me because mm -hmm. it's always been about him. So just kind of getting over those, I think, very natural, natural humps or whatever. Um, and then through the process, I would say this would be really the overreaching thing is figuring out what it looked like to take care of myself throughout all of it. Hence, like the name of this podcast, right, that self-care piece, like that has been, mm, that has been the thing that I have battled with the most. Because it is important to me to show up as my best self in all of the spaces in which I operate. I run businesses. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. <laughs> you know, I have parents, different things like these other relationships and just trying to show up as the best version of myself. And there have been times that I have done really great with that and have excelled and other times where I have done horribly. And just trying to, just the ebb and flow of what that is going to look like. And at times that kind of conflicting with where, what I want to do vocationally and, you know, the, what it's going to take out of me to get to where I want to get in my career balanced with. But you got these responsibilities over here as well that you have to manage. Um, and just having a lot of conflict with that. And it's not that it was conflict that anybody else would have seen you know they would picked up on it it was it was more of an internal struggle of me either feeling like I was inadequate in one area exceeding you know greatly in another area feeling some guilt about it feeling really good about it and so for a while there it was very much like a lot of um just a lot of maneuvering, changing schedules, figuring out what time management <laughs> looked like for me, um, and making sure that my needs were getting met as as well. I mean, I'm a therapist, so I talk to clients all the time about self-care, and I can think of 
like one time a couple of years ago, it's been more than a couple of years ago, but this is really kind of, I think what got me on, on the journey really is speaking with a client and I'm talking self-care, self-care, da, 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 da. And I felt like a hypocrite because I'm saying mm -hmm. like, are you doing this? Are you doing that? I was talking to myself, you know, and I was like, well, Tamara, how are you sitting up there talking to these people? <laughs> All this stuff. I'm like, right. you don't even be, you know, sleeping like that. Like, you don't like, sometimes you will skip a meal. You ain't working out. Like, so it's kind of like, okay, you got to, let's, let's reel this thing back and reset. And like, that's okay to have, have a reset. And I think that was the year that I started doing like a motto every year, um, just to kind of help me stay focused on what I needed to do to get through and make sure I'm taking care of myself. Because if I take care of myself and everybody else around me gets the best of what I have to offer. Right. Yeah. So... Thank you for sharing that and taking us through that journey because I felt like me and the listeners, I'm sure we're walking through those hurdles with you. And I think we all can so much relate to, if not all, many of those circumstances. So what now, what is your approach to self-care? So interesting. I do all the paid things. So all the paid things, I'm not going to try to lie about that. Now, I certainly have this thought about self-care is not all the paid things, but that's where I started because that was the easier piece for me to navigate, right? I started looking at my schedule because I'm certainly one, I have a schedule book here, I have a schedule there on the wall, <laughs> I have schedules, right? And so I said, okay, so the first thing that I need to do is figure out what types of things do I like in terms of like just pampering myself or just having a, a day. What's, what is my ideal day? If I just take a day off, what am I going to do? So I do all the things, the pedicure, the manicure, the float. I just did float yesterday. Like the people at the, at the spa, they know me by name when I walk in. Tamara, we ready for you? They know, right? So I have all of those things set up and I really try my best to, um, do something like that like every other week even if it's just like i'm just going to the sauna which is like 30 minutes like i can hop in and hop out real quick it's not anything but um the, the benefits of those things for me is those are it really does feel like just my time me doing something for myself like me going to the store and buying something for myself i don't like to shop as much anymore but i like to do those types of things so that's really important for me so that's one thing. The second thing, which I, this is probably the more important thing to be quite honest with you, is my, my spiritual life had to change. Like, I think I was just, well, ain't no thinking about it. I was just skipping through just when I needed God, I'm calling on God, you know what I mean? And this is like, I grew up in a church. Grew up in a church, so it's not, not like I didn't know, but you, you get into life and intentionally or unintentionally, some things just get put on the back burner. And there were, through, throughout all of this, what I realized is, honestly, it was just a calling to something greater. So my prayer life had to change. My prayer life had to change. And some of the things that I prayed for were like, I'm a night owl. I can, like, I can do a second shift and I can stay up to 11, 12, 1 o'clock. And it, it doesn't, it, it wouldn't bother me. But with having children, 
especially when they were younger, that was not working. <laughs> because, you know, you can't mm-hmm. stay up that late and then think, you know, you're going to be up and be in a, have a good attitude when you get up. So I started really praying for, like, God, like, this is, this is what I need. I know that there are some things behaviorally that I need to do, but I also need my heart to change about it. That it's not just a, um, I'm, I'm doing this because it's necessarily going to benefit somebody else. Like, they're going to benefit from it, but I also need this to be about just making me a better person all the way around. So now, like, I prayed about that consistently for a year. And I wasn't even in, um, like, the entrepreneurship route at that time. I was working in hospice, I believe. But um, I just knew I I needed to get up earlier. So I started praying about it, and I prayed about that for a year. I would try to do things on my own. It just wasn't working. And then one day, it seemed like I just started getting up. So I do. I get up early, <laughs> 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, and it's like clockwork. So that's how I know. this. That's divine intervention because that is not Tamara. <laughs> that's divine intervention. Mm-hmm. So I get up. Um, I can have my time for, like, a quiet devotion. I may make coffee, sit on the porch, or I may come down here, sit at my desk. But it just gives me a moment to just, like, gather my thoughts, get myself together before the house gets busy, right? Kids get up, breakfast, want to get ready for school and all that stuff. So that was certainly another thing that, like, changed. That was probably one of the bigger changes for me because also my energy level changed with that as well, just getting up. Um... It helped me to break my day up into, I, I joke about this, but it's the truth, into like shifts. So I have first shift and I have second shift. So my first shift is that part, my quiet time, getting up, getting the girls out where they need to go. And then I come back and I do some work. Um, I now, I pretty much take a nap almost every day. <laughs> every day I take a nap. And I have my schedule set up, though, that for my last client, it at least gives me anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour to just get that nap in or just just go somewhere besides this desk and just sit down and rest. Like no TV, nothing. I can just kind of rest my, rest my body during that time. Then I'll get up, go get my girls and get started so they have their time. We do dinner, whatever they got going on. And then I'm able to do what I say is my second shift. And that's finishing up any paperwork I need to do, following up on emails. Maybe I might have another meeting or so. And that's just kind of how my day runs for me. So, you know, again, I say I joke about it, but I really do work a first and second shift. Um, So that's one of the things that I do. And then in December of last year, I got really serious about exercising. Um, And the crazy thing is I, I pretty much have a gym in my house. So I have all the things. I have all the equipment, you know, big equipment, the weights. I have all of that stuff. But that is an area that I knew that I needed more external motivation. And so I sought out a trainer and I started working out with her five days a week. And I started in December because December is the time that I take off. So I started in December working out five days a week. I started lifting weights and just... It wasn't so much about my physical aesthetic. It was about the energy. Now, the physical aesthetic is a benefit. 
but I do get the opportunity to leave it on the floor. <laughs> I get that opportunity multiple days during the week. And just really being challenged with um, that environment, not just my coach, but other people that she's working with. So we're kind of like a little family, right? And we do like just monthly challenges for whether it's something changing our diet or doing something else, working out or whatever. So I have that as well. So I have those those paid things that I certainly um, subscribe to, but then the prayer life had to change, the um, working out had to change, and with that, the eating, the sleeping, all of those things just ended up being an added benefit of me committing to certain things in my life, right? And that does not mean that I don't have days that I don't feel well. Because this week, there were like two days I said, I was telling my friend, I haven't done anything because I just, I just haven't had, I haven't had the motivation. But on the back end of that, I'm able to say, well, Tamara, that's okay that you're not on every single day. Some days you can, like, you can be off. You can take a break. That's perfectly fine. And I sat out on my porch for two days. <laughs> Yes. I mean, honestly, that's that's what I did. I would come in here and kind of look at the schedule. Is there anything I got to, you know, this pressing that I need to do? And I can take care of those things if I want to. But I spend a lot of time on my porch. That was another thing. I picked a home that I want to live in, which is if that makes sense to anybody out there, meaning I knew I wanted a porch. I knew I wanted one of those long porches that I could sit outside and just be and watch and do nothing. And it was cool during the summer. I could put my heat out there during the winter if I wanted to. That's my space. That's like my woman cave or whatever. But mm. I, I live in a home now that I want to be in. So the things that I seek aren't necessarily out there. You know what I mean? There's a lot going on in my home, spaces in my home that I love to be in and filling my home with things that I love. Like I started, um, I'm a plant mama now. I got plants everywhere. So that's awesome, right? Because I have, you know, just natural air purifiers. You can see the plants back here that I got. They're everywhere. You can't see them all everywhere. Um, but that's now something that's important to me, right? So it's, it's being able to bring things into my home that I really care about and I want to take care of outside of my family being here. Yeah. And I love how you talked about, like, basically, and for our listeners too, self-care and how you show up for yourself, it really is a lifestyle. It can't be just always reactive, you know, reacting to having a high stress level or the things going on externally. It really is like finding the home that brings you joy, that you're happy to come home to, that you know when you get home, you have your spaces that you can just be, like Tamara said. And that is so important. And like Tamara said, she started in December with the exercising and then there were levels. It was like, I'm going to work on my spiritual wellness. Now let me get to my physical wellness. Now let, let me create a space in my home that's important to me, that feels like it's mine, where I can just release. Even if I'm not feeling motivated, I know I can go out and do that. And now you have the plant. So it's not about doing something 
right now that's going to change your life dramatically. It's that's impossible. You have to take those steps, you know, every day, like those little things that you're doing to set those habits and create a space for the life where you want it to be like your younger self, you know, 18 year old you when you're going to Kentucky with a three month old, like, did you think you would be where you are right now? Absolutely not. Um, even so what what is interesting is everything changed uh just even what my career goals were i I wanted to back then like i wanted to be a nurse i'm still in the helping professional i'm a psychotherapist but um even that changed because in that program what i was told is that it would be like a five or six year program if it were just me, a single person by myself, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But I had a child. And so this is no slight against anybody else. Other parents, you know, may have been in that same program and chose something different. But for me, that is that's not what I wanted. Like, I wanted to be there. And even at 18 years old, there was a part of me that was very naive in terms of parenting. But there was also a part of me that was very wise beyond my age, right, in in terms of other things. And and that was, and not to be offensive, but this is my truth. I laid down, I made an adult decision, I have to deal with adult consequences. It was just that clear to me. It honestly, it was just that clear to me. So that meant that I couldn't just make decisions based off what was best for Tamara. It was Tamara and Tyson. Right. I had to consider him. And I also wanted him. I I knew, too, that I wanted him to see me consider other people in the decisions Mm -hmm. that I made. Right. And um, I I, I tell him all the time, y'all, if if my son were into like coaching (laughs) kind of stuff, he would be awesome because he is just. Honestly, he's everything, like even beyond what I prayed for, to be quite honest with you, because I just said, well, God has to make provisions for him because I'm I'm not a man. I can't teach him that. So, like, you're going to have to send, you're going to have to send that, those male figures. You're going to have to provide that to him because I'm not, I'm not able and I'm clear about that. You're, there are other things that I just don't embody that you're going to have to provide for him. And he did abundantly. And so I always prayed for a provision. I always prayed that even if I made mistakes, that um, he would be able to see that everything that I did, like I considered him and I had the best of intentions. And one of the things that that really brought that full circle for me is um, I was joking with him one day. He didn't know that my intention was like once he made it through college, he had got a car and I was I was I wanted to pay his car off. And so um, but I wanted to see him do it for like you pay the car off. And my intention was to reimburse him. So we would talk and he was like, OK, well, Ma, I'm making an extra payment. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So he got a car that was like four or five year payment. He paid it off in two and a half years. So that last payment, I remember. I called him. I said, did you make your payment? He said, yeah, I made my last payment. I said, okay, go check your account. So he checked his account and he was like, 
oh my god because he didn't he didn't know right so i did that for his birthday well i sent him a text and i said okay tyson i said that's it mama don't have no more money like i'm done you know? I was like, he said ma he said you don't he said don't worry about that he said you have done you've given me everything i've needed i got it from here That meant everything to me. Girl, I'm tearing <laughs> up over here. That meant everything to me because um, that's all I ever wanted. Right? That's all I ever wanted. Even at 18 years old, I knew that. And I didn't have like this. I mean, I could go on and on about different things that happened in my childhood and how things weren't perfect or whatever, but again, I wanted him to, I wanted him to work hard. I wanted him to know that like nobody owes you anything, right? That people do the best that they have to do with. So, you know, you have to manage your expectations when it comes to people um, and just be a good person. Just be a good person person do your best in everything and he's he's done that and so that was really like for me it that was like the gas that I needed for these girls <laughs> I was like okay okay <laughs> like I got it like he he doesn't and, and I'm sure he does in, in many ways because I, I've said these things to him but if I ever needed a teaching ground like he was it he taught me so much more than I think I I could ever teach him or give him, right? Just because of how how he turned out. And, like, people will, will credit me for that. But I'm going to step back and say this. I am 100% sure about in terms of motherhood. Yes, I've done a lot. I've received the accolades. I appreciate it. But I did not do it all by myself. I have had a village all along the way and so this is another thing that i would say in terms of motherhood is to step out of this idea that you have to even if it's not built in I mean if you don't have that family that's that's supportive we are we have a lot in us as women we know we know how to make a thing out of nothing we can make a meal out of nothing you know what i mean we have it within us to create what we need to build. And so I think that's just, that's it. it's in us, it's innate. So we have to build on what we have been blessed with and build what we need for our support system, right? There are so many people through my time as a, as a mother that have helped me tremendously. And it's because I had to open my mouth it's because I had to learn honestly to say when I don't have it all, like me not having it all in that moment does not mean that I'm insufficient in any way, right? Smart people know that if I don't have it up here, I can get on Google. <laughs> I can go do the research and find, find the answers. So I had to fight myself with that. I had to get out of that. That was part of my like self-care of building that for myself. I got to get out of, you got to do it all by yourself. No, I don't. And honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to. And so I'm not. So I've built my village, right? 
and I, I thank them tremendously, like anybody who has ever had anything to do with supporting my children in any way. I think that's extremely important to be grateful for even even if it's a seasonal presence, right? To be so grateful for, for that support because being a parent is hard. It is hard. Probably one of the hardest assignments that we're ever going to have. Yeah, so that village is super important. Yeah. Absolutely. And Tamara, I could talk to you all day long, but <laughs> yeah, because I mean, all of these little gems and these things that you've learned along the way, and it's really trial and error sometimes. This, oh, this isn't working. Let me pivot. Let me try this. This isn't working. Let me pivot again. Let me get this person to come in and tag me out for what I can't serve to my children. And that is so important. So one last question before we wrap things up, I want to know, and I'm sure the listeners want to know after hearing all of this, what has motherhood taught you most about yourself? Oh boy. Goodness gracious. That's a, um, that's a pretty deep question. Um, Mm. Okay, I will say what what has motherhood taught me most about myself is that hmm, is that I can do all things, and that sounds simple, but um, I can do all things because I know that the effort that I put in right now, even though it feels like it's just a drop, it's going to be exemplified in my children. And so these gems, these nuggets, the, you know, the trial and error and all of that stuff that I am experiencing now, they are watching me. They have watched me. And so they're going to take that and they're going to build on that, which I think is legacy. And that's part of my legacy, right? So I may not um, be the best all days, right? I may not be the best example every day, (laughs) right? Um, But I think what I do have to offer to myself and to my children is a good place to start. And that's always my hope and always my prayer that it's in me. I can do all things because God can do all things and he's going to take that and he's going to exemplify it and just make it bigger and better than anything that I could ever do on my own. So that's it. Absolutely. And Tamara, thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being here and to our listeners. Thank you for listening. And as always, I'll talk to you all very, very soon. To learn more about Back to You in 5, visit backtoyouin5.com or follow at Back to You in 5 on Instagram, where you'll find self-care tips and strategies. Remember, motherhood is a journey, not a destination. <laughs>